1: good morning welcome to at home with roby i'm patrick mcasaic from roby commercial services along with trent hasten from the roby family of companies tj somebody just got me trent this thing was turned to like full bore and he played those that music i mean my ears are going wow i just got wah, a text wah, from you that said you were out Wow! Well, well now i'm inside they let me in darn it I thought after much I don't made think, it in. I don't think she liked my joke too much. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> so uh she wanted to know why we didn't have our key fobs. You don't have one. I think
1: I did at some point. I know I did. It's at one point I had a key fob. I think I was just too embarrassed
0: to say that it went missing. So I have two vehicles. So my pickup truck, my Aerobii pickup truck. Yes. About five weeks ago, parked at my house, my poor neighbor had a medical incident and driving a UTV up the road, slammed into my pickup. It's been in the shop (laughs) for four or five weeks. He doing okay? He is doing good. That's good. Yes, he is. So I've had a rental truck for four or five weeks. And then I have another Lincoln Navigator, which is more of an SUV. Uh, And last week in North Davidson at dinner, it was parked on the side of the road and we're at dinner and police come roaring down the road, and about 45 minutes later, we go out to our car, and the road's quarantined off, and the only car sitting in the quarantined area is my Lincoln Navigator <laughs> with, a, with a bent-in tire. Oh, boy. And I go up to the Mr. Police Officer. He rolls his window down. I said, is, what happened? He said, oh, is that your car? He said, oh, figured. He said, I don't think it's drivable, man. We're going to tow it. <laughs> We're just getting towed. Somebody hit it. So, both of my vehicles in the last five weeks have been hit parked. I bet you Enterprise Running Car really likes you right now. I don't. And I don't. Did you just call it North Davidson? I don't it's, think people like business anymore. It's I don't know. No, die. I think they don't like me because <laughs> I want a car, and they're in the car business. No, die.
1: Not North Davidson. I don't have any... That's like putting that's like I'm saying a Westsider. A, that's like saying a website with the www in front of it. You can't do that. It's not Noda. It's not no da. He called it Nord
0: Davidson. That's like the, I think that's like its
1: more formal name.
0: I was talking about the road that my car was parked on.
1: No, oh, I thought you were talking about the area of town that you were. I don't currently. think the
0: name of that road is North
1: No-Dye Street. No, they should change it. <laughs> <laughs> now it might be. They TJ's changed right. all the roads. I mean, why wouldn't they change? It? TJ's right. I'll tell you that we talk about the growth of Charlotte all the time, but I mean that area is. I mean, it's exploded. I feel like three different times. Like, I mean, it, it's really starting to. To expand outside of his, you know, the Thirty Sixth Street and North Davidson really was the, the spot, but it's way bigger than that now. Oh yeah, it's the North Side. It's North Side.
0: I'm on West Side.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's different than the North Side. You could be. It's a,
0: like a quarter of a circle
1: around. You could be left, like <laughs> to the left if I'm right. <laughs> well, didn't Kanye West have a kid like Northwest?
0: Wow, really? I think he does. Guys, T.J. Hey, you know this kind of. They got right? some cool names. Yeah. They those those that couple. That couple has four kids. God bless them. I wish they could have stayed together, but they have four kids. I didn't realize that. I read that the other day. They got some cool kid names. Them kids are in the media, son. They are. They I, are. I don't envy their position one ounce. That's tough. Be terrible. That's tough. It a rough life to live. Well, well, how about we're coming
1: in today? I did not hear where TJ called us out, but evidently TJ called us out on live radio because of why TJ? You, can call, are, you com- are you coming over to the mic?
0: Uh, You guys haven't invited me out on your boat. Like y'all are talking about being out on the river all the time. He'd come meet Barry. Patrick has not been on the river. I have, not, I, I, I have I mean, been over one there. Time.
1: I've been over there a couple of times, but not on the boat. You haven't hung out on a boat dock. I haven't. I said I've been over to the river a couple times. But, oh. no, was, TJ,
0: you're getting an invite. It was in and I, out. I appreciate it. I, was in I mean, out. to be fair, I was out of commission for yeah, like a month. So, like, well, good to see you back in commission. Well, it so, is good, and you look good.
1: I, I need to understand the context. Like, all of a sudden, you're just sitting on the show and be like, Trent Patrick never had me on the boat. Oh, I was <laughs> talking
0: about a restaurant near the lake. Oh. And I just needed a reason to plug y'all. And you wanted to stab me so like a... So I wanted a, to like drag a, you a little bit. What are those Daws called you stab? <laughs> <laughs> what? The Daws you stab. You poke needles in their eyes? Oh, uh, like a voodoo oh, doll. A voodoo, voodoo doll, doll, yeah. I'm his voodoo doll on the radio.
1: Man, I'll tell you what. That kind of stuff, that, that's some freaky stuff. We, really? We, oh, yeah. We went to... Uh, you know, I went to Jamaica with my family and my <laughs> in-laws. Okay. And all of a sudden, Jody's like, hey, we're going to go tour this house. It's called Rose Hall... And it's a, called a great house, right? It's where the plantation owner lived, sugarcane. So we get in the house. I'm like, man, this house give me a weird feeling. I don't know if I like it here. Well, the house is haunted by the white witch, uh, which is a lady named Annie. And there's I know a, a couple of those. There's a Johnny. <laughs> we my life. <laughs> there's a Johnny Cash sung a song about it. And like at the end of the tour, they were like, Hey, do you want to go? S-? I mean, I've got the willies the whole time through this during this tour. But at the end, you can go look at her tomb. And I'm like nope <laughs> i am good and finally scarlet's like come on dad you can come over there i went over the tomb but i'll tell you man and your legs started hurting she oh! was, she was into voodoo that's what that's what really yeah she she was, and she was a
0: witch she had three husbands that died hey i respect all kind of stuff It's just hitting not my religion what
1: my thing stuff. either i didn't know what i was getting myself into i, thought I like we were to be to... dumb
0: in a lot of areas <laughs> and i want to be dumb in that area i got educated you don't know what you don't know and i was good not to know that but mm, now I know. I don't know. Don't want to know. It's so a hush.
1: <laughs> I think we've accomplished our, our goals are to make people think and
0: laugh and learn something. That's good. Yeah. i just just trying to get that out of the way. Had breakfast this morning. Fellow told me listen to the show every Sunday. I said I hope you feel good after you listen to it. That's all we care about. Yeah. Our guest today is Jonathan Kelly. You talking about a character? This cat. I'm excited. You've talked about him a lot. He was supposed to come in the studio.
1: So those that well, aren't, I think
0: flights <laughs> got messed up. <laughs> I am watching Trent fight off a cough. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a, it was a, Sneeze. a burp. <laughs> y- y'all don't want me belching on the mic. If I was, if my name was Ford Ronald Haston, I would belch really loud on the mic and say, ha ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> That's a great way to tee up the guests. Yeah. There you go. No, but Jonathan Kelly's a dear friend of mine. Uh, we've met through YPO, Young Presidents Organization. He's an old school North Carolinian entrepreneur into a lot of things. He is a man full of life. Jonathan Kelly, when we return, you're listening to At Home with Roby.
1: Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Haysen from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts, Trent. TJ got a little love on the first segment. He was in here talking, if about, you missed it. About
0: us. how he's mad at us. He's mad at us. Because we won't take him on the river. He's mad at us. I've never taken our guest Jonathan Kelly on the river yet, either. TJ. He's mad, too. In the words is of he the, great,
1: the great late Tupac, I ain't mad at you. Oh, that is a good song. <laughs> That's a great song. Wow, is you a like great that? Song. You like that? I need to listen to some Tupac. It's been a minute. So here's here's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna brain bust you here. I've done this to you before. You think Tupac's mad that he's on the Biggie Pandora station?
0: I mean, I think there was that. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> I don't even know. I, they were friends, allies. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. They were good business people. Whatever they they, they, I, they, they were, were very sharp, successful, yeah. and they died too young. It's sad.
1: Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? <laughs> He's like, get me off the show. Get me yeah. off the show. <laughs> What's up, buddy?
2: <laughs> Patrick, doing well. Patrick Trent, so much, so good to be here. and Thank you for uh, having me down this afternoon.
1: Well, thank you for elevating the IQ level of the room substantially.
0: We're glad to have you. So. So Jonathan is sad you had plane difficulties last night, weather it related. You, I was so excited. You live in the Greensboro area, I think the Triad area, Greensboro. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was so excited because you was like, I want to come into the studio and hang out with the guys. Yeah, and that's all, that's part of the experience. So we we will have to do a follow up to the show.
2: I'd be honored. I'd be honored. It'd be a blast.
0: So, so, refresh my memory. Were you born and raised in the Greensboro Triad area?
2: Absolutely. and I, I take a lot of pride in it. i I grew up right near the county city line uh, in a neighborhood called Shannon Woods, and uh, the beauty of that is I was you know, no more than like seven to ten minutes from both of my grandparents' uh, places out in uh, an area of town called Mocktown, uh, off a of group between Groomtown Road and Holden Road. And my parents grew up there as well, so just a lot of history, uh, just within the community and the church that uh, I was raised in at Ebenezer Baptist Church. It's um, so for me, it was just just uh, there's so much so much gravity to the area, and uh, from you know, Sumner Elementary, Inter- Elementary Southern Elementary, Allen J, and then uh, finally at James Madison Dudley High School, so. I love, I love Greensboro and the triad and, and really just, I feel, there are just so many extraordinary people that were put in my path growing up that I just, you know, just never, never feel exactly, um, exactly right without finding some touch point back home, um, to just be connected to the community.
0: Man, wow. that, that's awesome. You know, I moved uh, a whole uh, one foot over to a, sep- a lot beside the lot I grew up on. Um, and this show is called At Home with Roby, so everything you just said resonates well with me. Oh, I was me. about to
1: say, it sounds a lot like your story. And
0: I love North Carolina. Uh, I will say, I, I tell everybody I'm Mecklenburg County first, then I'm North Carolina. So so you're in the second tier of of the world. But uh, <laughs> that is cool. That is one, awesome. And... And, and then you went to school. You grew up in Greensboro, or that that area, and you went to school at Wake Forest, correct?
2: I did, I did. It was a uh, really, really wonderful. I was, I was fortunate and blessed that uh, I, I just knew Wake Forest was home. But I was a uh, the reason that Wake Forest was such a wonderful experience is actually probably owed to uh, Chapel Hill. I, um, I kind of pulled into the Moorhead um, competition and ended up being a finalist and an alternate. And before kind of got squeezed by the decisions at both schools and ultimately decided to go to Wake um, just because I was afraid, of, you know, if I didn't, they didn't, someone didn't um, give up a spot and, and, I, and I didn't come off as an alternate um, and they raised tuition that I might have to drop out of school. And I knew if I went to Wake, as a private school, you know, if, if they raised tuition, which schools did every year, I wouldn't get stuck. Um, I think in hindsight it's kind of weird, but uh, Stanford had a like a expected student contribution, and it was like sixteen hundred dollars, and it just seemed like the uh, you know, it might as well have been sixteen million dollars oh. uh, that, at that age when I thought about it. And so I just I knew I needed to be in a place where. Um, the support and resources were there, but there was this wonderful structure to the Moorhead program that I put around my experience at Wait. And so I did an outward bound experience in the Asheville mountains before I started school. I did a community service project doing, um, what I call the Academy for future leaders. I did two programs. One was for black males across the state in high school called men of distinction that brought kids from high schools across the uh, state all you know for any from any of the hundred counties not just mecklenburg but we had a lot of good folks in mecklenburg um and brought in folks and did like an exec ed program and then did one for women all backgrounds across the state in high school to talk about and encourage them to pursue positions of leadership um in you know whether in the business sector or nonprofit sectors as they thought about careers and did the same type of thing. Um, and so that was the service project. And then also did a corporate internship, uh, with the family that, um, I'm still close to, to this day. That was, um, the largest donor at our school at the time. It was, uh, uh, the world family and they had been the largest owner of independent newspapers in the country. And I had built a relationship with the, uh, the patriarch of the family when I was on the board at wake. And, uh, and so, he didn't come to the meetings he had been um physically disabled from a stroke but his mind was sharp as attack and i would go visit him and wow he you know would answer he was in charlottesville and anything anything that i wanted to ask in the time that it took to fi- finish a a bottle of coca-cola like a glass bottle of carbonation like he would answer <laughs> so just tremendously um Tremendously wonderful gift, and uh, and so that those two those two dynamics, the structure from the Moorhead, and then the time, it, you know, and wake with really that focus and structure, just just gave me an outstanding and extraordinary experience.
1: What do you think about that, Patrick? Wow, that's that's remarkable. Um, so so explain the the, the bottle of uh, so that was just the time that you, when the bottle of Coke was over, the conversation was over. Drink slow, you know,
2: it's, yeah it's uh there's a lot of before the before costco and i guess sam's and other places and, and many restaurants got into selling this kind of craft uh mexican coke with the with the cane sugar there were coke would sell them in these little bottles as kind of a novelty mm-hmm. and they had much more carbonation yeah than the regular um, regular can so it wasn't so much that you know it was that uh, the time went by fast, but it was just this—I think—idea that that was a that was a that was a good amount of time. It wasn't too much time, and it wasn't um, wasn't too short of an amount of time. And uh, that, it just meant you know meant a lot to me. It helped me think about really. I mean, I think about uh, the type of businessman <clears throat> that I wanted to be. Um, Mr. Whirl was a was someone who grew up. Um, in um, I guess that area, I don't think there's a general name, but kind of it's what it's Southwest Virginia and then the, the north, the northeast uh, corner of Tennessee, and kind of the mountain areas, the communities that touch between the four states. Now yep. there, and I think had been very big on this idea that the South there was a role for for business, and there was a role for enterprise and industry. An industrialist, and he championed those ideas as a young man in the Chamber of Commerce um, down in, I believe, in Bristol. And he 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 sought to embody them uh, by building his business, uh, kind of one newspaper, local newspaper at a time. And those ideas resonated with, I mean, resonated with me. I, you um, being from Greensboro, I watched my dad um, in the construction business you know, leave a job where he was a, a top employee at a local company and want to create a better way of life for my brother and I and decide impressing upon us the importance of trying to own a piece of uh, the American dream and just watching him toil day in and day out and something wasn't right at a job site at 2 a.m. in the morning, him leaving and going to check on it. Um, it was just uh, that sense of industry, um, you know, spoke to me and I could watch, excuse me, I would watch, um, you know, on a job site, if somebody came up and needed a job, he could create a job. You know, he could have somebody sweep a corner or do move some, um, some material on a site. And so I, I, very early on I think between that example and then I think of Mr. World, um, saw what, what could business do in communities? And and that's something that has kind of stuck with me to this day, and certainly guides a lot of my thinking around building business in the South um, here in North Carolina, but especially in the South to help uh, this region reach its potential. But also understanding this region is important if the U.S. is going to reach its potential and ma- maintain global competitiveness um, in the world that we live in.
0: Man, that is that. I mean, I've known you for years. That just says so much about who you are and you you embody that. Will you stick around? We're going to go cut to a break. Will you hang out with us for a few more minutes, Jonathan, and keep telling your story? Absolutely. Jonathan Kelly, hailing from Greensboro, when we return, you're listening to At Home with Roby.
1: Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. If you've missed the last couple segments, go back, take a listen. We're with Jonathan Kelly, Kelly, who hails from the uh, Triad area. Trent, you guys
0: know each other through YPO. We do. Yes. Yes. He did. And not he need... knows. He's well connected with with with, with, with a bunch of yeah. YPO guys from North Carolina uh, that that are Morehead scholars. that all came together. We we're talking about a little yeah. bit in the break. Badge Stone's a good friend out of Charlotte, very successful Morehead scholar out of Eastern North Carolina. So I asked Badge. They met Moorhead weekend. That's crazy. Ninety eight. Both of these young whippersnappers, a little younger than me.
1: Were you at that meeting? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't bro. I would have been there either. No, I was. Uh, I would have no, been. No. I, I but I, I, by the skin of my teeth, I got it in North Carolina. God bless. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, but, but, yeah, man, it's so intriguing, Jonathan. What makes you who you are, and why you're so warm? When you're together, you're so humble um, and and so successful. So you talk about going, growing up, what what your foundation is. I'll tell you something about you, about you, Jonathan. You always, you and I have this in common. I said this earlier today in a conversation. I always gleaned on older folks. I'm talking when I was 25, they were 55 or whatever, and hung out with them, spent time with them, gleaned on. Amen. And that's a gift I have. And now, as I get older in life, I'm so much more impressed. I was always impressed and humbled and, and looked up to them. But, but I, I say every every day of tread I get on my tires is exponentially that much more uh, able to make mistakes and more experienced as well. So now I, my respect for these folks is even exponentially higher. So uh, that is a wonderful attribute and trait you talk about. So why don't you talk about your... Uh, y- I'm gonna brag on you a little bit. You went to Wake, graduated from Wake. Did you go directly to Harvard Business School, or did you did you come out and work for work for a number of years, like a lot of folks do?
2: You know, it was a really the uh, interesting path. Uh, when there are recessions, or when we're we're really about to have a recession, um, it, all, it also means you're at the top of a market, and people don't want to go to business school, and. Uh, business schools often try to figure out where to get other applicants, and they try to steal people from law schools and medical schools and get talented people and also go younger. And when I was in the process of, of graduating or approaching my senior year in 2001, I'd done a summer program. I uh, called it the Summer of Mentor Management Program at the Harvard Business School uh, while I was doing an internship for the grandkids uh, for Mr. Worrell. And I was. Um, Encouraged to apply. I was told it was a school about leadership. The language, you know, might be finance, and the grammar might be accounting, but it was about leadership, and they wanted, to, you know, to think about it. And I, um, they had something called an early career initiative. And uh, ultimately, the the stock market bubble burst, and a lot of people uh, who were CEOs of companies, uh, many startups, whether it's vaporware or not, um, had had the experience of raising lots of money and building businesses uh, during the tech tech boom and the later the tech bubble. And so there were all these CEOs going in and the applications doubled. So I ended up on the wait list my senior year and uh, came off, uh, well, actually ended up going to work at Harvard Law School in the summer and came off uh, at the very end. Um, and they, they told me that they took one senior that year from college. And, and they just told me to put it in context and um, they wanted me and make sure I reapplied and was fortunate to get in 18 months later, deferred for a year. And that started to, that experience. And then that of some other folks uh, like myself, I think became some of the the pieces that led to uh, to the two plus program, two plus two program they do now for kids from college, where uh, you, you go to college, work for a couple of years and then go to school. So um, it was a great experience. Um, many lifelong relationships, I felt incredibly, you know, humbled and fortunate, um, to attend there. And I think just a lot of responsibility. I mean, growing up in Greensboro, there were folks like Eunice Dudley and Joe Dudley, um, and their family with Dudley products that invested a lot in, uh, Dudley high school, which a namesake, um, of, of not by chance. And, uh, this idea, that business could be the greatest profession because you help people create a way of life uh, for themselves and those they care about, Um, whether it's helping an elderly family member get health care or helping kids go to college, something that was impressed Mm. upon me by uh, a professor, uh, James Cash, at the Harvard Business School that helped me pivot in college from medicine to business because I I had a distrust of business. Um, And... Had opened up to social enterprise through some of the work with Academy for Future Leaders, but it just, uh, I just didn't fully see it, I and mean, he helped me see that I could do it and keep them, keep my values in, in place.
0: Wow, that's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're the Roby family of companies because we believe in health care and taking care of the family and and time away with your family and benefits and retirement and enjoying I mean it's great I I love that I love how that experience overturned your distrust for business and you brought that back home so what did your when you came home what did entrepreneurially where did your spirit go
2: you know I ended up um, because of the fear that I had around business um, I ended up working with families I knew that I was not I hadn't spent a life wanting to be a businessman. I had spent six years volunteering at women's hospital in a level, level three NICU and a high risk OBGYN clinic there. And my my life, my focus was on helping people uh, in the medical way. And when I switched to business to use those skills and and that acumen, I, I had fears that my talent might be misused. And so Somehow, I got it in my head that if I worked with families, they would care about their name, and their name would be their most valuable asset, uh, independent of whatever their balance sheet might be. Mm. And that my most valuable asset um, would be my name, right? Similarly, it's in Proverbs; they say, "A good name is to be uh, preferred to riches and gold." Um, And so, so I focused on working with families, and I was because of the alignment of values. Um, I was able to effectively have a career working closely with families, helping them solve capital allocation decisions for their closely held businesses or the resources thrown off from those businesses. And and that gave me a chance to live around the world uh, for a number of years, around the country and the world, and work in different places and solve complex investment issues, Um, especially to the extent that they're illegal and um, legal and tax um, efficiencies, or considerations and complications related to um, to issues arising from the investments, or the reputational challenges um, that might make it unattractive for someone to invest today, but attractive as a return opportunity. So, I was very very fortunate to do that. And about a, a little more than a decade ago, I had decided that I wanted to do this. For I was consulting with a family and ended up uh, continuing to work with them for a few years after I uh, had started my company. But ultimately, decided you know a little bit more than nine years ago, you know, to get on that path. And at first, it was a it was a good path in terms of the excitement. I had some investors that committed you know a material amount of resources, um, and then and then a transaction that was creating that liquidity. Uh, fell through. Um, and so I had to kind of just start over and bootstrap. And I had this dream of coming back home and building this. Um, and I was really, really had a unique uh, endowment from my parents that they had two values that were sacrosanct in the house, um, other than you know being at church on Sunday mornings, which are always do your best. That's the minimum expectation is you do your best. As long as you do your best, they didn't care what the outcome was. And then the other piece um, really was around this idea that they were going to love you no matter what, as long as you did that. So the successes that I had um, did not, um, would not, at least i to say successes. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a loaded term, but the the, the milestones or things that might look like success weren't going to change whether my parents loved me or not. And they weren't going to love me anymore for one thing versus another. Um, they cared about who I was as a person, my character, my values, and those were the things that they, they focused on. And, um, and I focused on trying to come home at Thanksgiving and, you know, be able to, you know, hold my head in the right place. And um, so it was – so that's really where, where my focus – Um, from business came from when i came home uh, with my company asymmetric holdings we really just look for one investment a year typically something we call a special situation but a good example of this would be when i was a kid my my father would make bets with my uncle about um, the redskins and the cowboys games and whoever lost the bet would take the other family to western sizzle (laughs) and so i would go and and we got through a stretch when i was maybe like eight or so where the Cowboys were getting most of these bets and I was feeling bad. Um, but my, you know, I know my dad's having to spend this money and it was, um, and I saw on the menu that I could get a cheeseburger and a buffet for cheaper than the price of the buffet. And, and I let my father know that's what I wanted and I was saving him money and it might've been like a dollar or 30 that I was saving him at the time. Um, and he's like, that can't be, and we try, you know, got him to let me do it, and then we all started doing it. And so you had the buffet, and you had a, you know, had a meal, you know, for that evening on Sunday. We we'd have breakfast before church, and we do the dinner right after church. And now that was an extra meal at the end of the day or lunch. You know. So it was a great, um, great opportunity. But that's effectively what I do is I look for these kind of dislocations or these situations where you're you're getting more than what you pay for, and that's effectively what Asymmetric Holdings focuses on.
0: Well, Jonathan, how can people look you up at Asymmetric Holdings? Do you have a website? You,
2: you... Don't have a website, but um, we do have an email, uh, jkelly, J-K-E-L-L-L-Y, at asymmetricholdings.com. But I really appreciate uh, you and Patrick and, and all of the education that you're bringing to the community. I think learning from others, uh, that example you used about older older individuals, you know, I've, I've been a true beneficiary of that and there's no need to reinvent the will when people are willing to share their kindness and humanity with you to make it easier for you to achieve more.
0: Man, God bless you. I can't wait to hang out with you so we can grow on this conversation. I think, our audience learned so much today. That's such an intriguing story. we got to have you back and go round two. Uh, Jonathan Kelly, Asymmetric Holdings. You're listening to At Home with Roby when we return. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm
1: Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts.
0: Wow. Jonathan that was, yeah. Kelly. That was for incredible. real. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what a story. You don't have to ask him, I mean, what he lives by. Do your best, and we're always going to love you. And
1: no matter how successful or not successful you are at those things, you are going to love you the same.
0: Well, I told the story yesterday. I tell the story about my dad all the time. You know, I grew up with some, some really good uh, friends in, in elementary and middle school and high school at their house for days at a time with great families, great parents. I mean, you know, you say, hey, this kid went awry because – Bad parents or bad parenting or bad family, and, and I'm good families, great families, uh, and, and and the kid had a bad thing. Did something happen? Went the wrong way? Got involved in a bad group of people? Whatever, just got off the wrong path. And I asked my dad. There was probably a thousand times that the the wind could have blown a little bit left, and 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 I mean physically. Or, or whatever, trouble-wise, I could have went the wrong way. And I asked my dad, I said, how did you do it? And he said, son, he said, I raised you in the church. I prayed a lot. And no matter what, you're my son and I'm always going to love you, no matter what. And when I was 20, 21 years old, I just set the stage for my life and and, and, and also— the confidence it gave me from him but also the unconditional love that you got to carry on to other people right uh whether it be most importantly i mean your 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 spouse and your children and your parents and, and your siblings but but also in our business the roby family and and what jonathan was talking about and you know i think we we can't let let folks hurt our business but we can also have unconditional love at times well you know you're, you're, what you just said reminds me of that
1: george Strait song "A father's love
0: oh gosh that's a great song i play it all the time I for, my, for yeah. my kids yeah and boy by lee bryce have you ever heard that i think i have he says you're gonna wreck a wreck a car to total a car or two i don't know that scares mm. me man but he says that been there he, done that he's on to something yeah. <laughs> not yeah. me but I have two cars that got totaled because they were sitting. <laughs> People were I, like, "What are you doing? Why are do you you got you doing something wrong, boy?" I, had, I don't know, man. I, I have one that got totaled in
1: college and it wasn't cuz it was just sitting and I had to make oh, that okay. phone call. Yeah, we mm. Mm. I'm with you though. You, you make a good point. I, I think you said that the wind blows a little bit into the other direction. You could have gone down an incorrect path. I asked my parents, saying, it, "It's amazing that you don't even realize that parents are parenting you when you're a kid by the way they steer you to the people that they steer you to." Oh man, and and and, and you do it yourself. Like I, I don't know about this. Let's kind of keep you
0: away from that. And life is so fickle. I mean, who yep. are who are we? Who are we to blame or criticize or judge or throw stones, really? I mean, so many times we've done wrong or messed up or made a mistake, but also so many times it could have went that way. Could have gone that way. And uh, I don't know, man. I try to help people live my life, and, and as Spike Lee said a long time ago, do the right thing. That's what we try to do. So Jonathan Kelly, what a wonderful show. Asymmetric Holdings. Uh, he gave you his email. Email him if you're Jay inquisitive. Kelly. Yep. And uh, and this will be on podcast next week. So we hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to At Home with Roby. And listen, go do the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. God bless you.